So I want to start off today's podcast by looking at the non-farm payroll numbers that just came out. And these are some quite exciting numbers. Uh, So the total non-farm payroll numbers is we had an additional 916,000 jobs added and the estimates were only 675,000 new jobs. And so we've passed the estimates by almost 300,000 jobs. And so that's quite exciting to see and, and what you would think at least, and what a lot of people and, and, and me too, I, I think, is at least in the short term that the economy is getting a lot better. And there's a lot less people who are unemployed. Now, this is the U3 number. And so it does not account for people who are underemployed. So people who are uh, working at jobs that are, are, are low quality. You know, for example, if, if you have like a master's degree or a PhD even, uh, and, and you're working at McDonald's flipping burgers, you know, that's, that's kind of a, a great example of somebody who's underemployed and who should be working at a better job, but maybe the opportunity's just not there. And so they have to be working at this, this you know, low paying job that they don't like. And so, you know, the U3 doesn't count for that. It doesn't count for people who just stop searching for jobs because you have a lot of those guys. And um, especially when you're giving people free money, well, free, at least, at least now it's free, but eventually we're going to have to pay for it. But free money, uh, that discourages a lot of people from looking for jobs. And so that, that's not counted in the U3. But of course, if you look at the uh, labor force participation rate, that that rate has been just dropping and, and I guess it's increased a bit but you know still if you look at it ever since 2008 it's just been it's just been going downhill and it's never made a recovery and so at least uh, in, in the past month I guess the jobs numbers have done pretty decently now, how long will these jobs last? That's another question. And, and how long will the, the economy be able to uh, support all of these additional jobs with the level of debt that it currently has? And you know these questions are hard to answer, but at, at least for in the short term, the economy does seem to be recovering. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, COVID has gotten quite a bit better uh, over the few months, and especially over this, I'd say the last two months. Now, in in the past few weeks, I don't know if we've just witnessed a third wave. And so the, the, the jobs numbers are not the only thing that have went up. The COVID numbers have went up as well. And so uh, where I am right now, I'm in Ontario, and uh, we've kind of moved into lockdown again. 
and uh, I'm not sure what other places are doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I think that you know, Florida is never going to go into lockdown. Texas, these guys are never going to lock down. But, you know, stuff like uh, places like California, I, I could see them going into lockdown. If they're not in lockdown already, I, I don't, I have no idea. And, um, you know, if, if we have this third wave, which I guess we're kind of in the middle of right now, then that's going to put a lot of people out of work again. And especially those in the service sector, and uh, you know we have people, politicians, and of course the uh, Fed for some reason is talking about uh, all of these uh, unemployed people, these people losing their jobs, and how they're disproportionately minorities. And you know, I don't, I don't, I don't understand how that has to do with racism when the minorities are working more in jobs that would be uh, affected by COVID, by a lockdown, right? If, if you have people working at a restaurant and you decide to shut them down, shut down the restaurants, well, yeah, you're going to affect the minorities more. It, you know, it's, it's, it's obvious. It's just basic logic. And uh, I don't know what the politicians are blaming. I mean, I think they should only be blaming themselves for, for, for forcing these guys to, you know, get out, to, to shut down their businesses. And that's just common sense. I mean, if you're going to shut down the businesses of uh, which mostly minorities like Blacks or, or Hispanics run, well, then, of course, you would expect more Blacks and Hispanics and whatever to be out of work. You know, it's just, it makes sense. And it's, it's not racism unless if, you know, you're going to blame yourself for being racist, which could be possible. But let me, let me move away from this topic. And I, I want to talk a little bit more about... Um, it's kind of recent news, but it is mostly the uh, IMF right now wanting to give its member member countries, its, its countries that are a part of the member, I guess, if you could, if you want me to word, word it like that, um, they want to give them a total of $650 billion. Now, the thing is, uh, the big countries that have most stake in the IMF is, you know, the, the developed countries. And by that, it's mostly the United States. And so, of course, you know, if, if the U.S. needs money, well, the IMF is, is there to, to, to provide it with SDRs. And if you don't know what an SDR is, an SDR is stands for special drawing right. And it's basically a basket of uh, like five major currencies to kind of back up this, this special drawing right. Or else, I mean, or else it has as much value as Bitcoin. And, um, you know, that's not a very good 
way to, to, to let people trust you, especially when it's not Bitcoin and it's centralized Bitcoin. That's, that's, even, that's even a step down from Bitcoin. And so uh, basically it, it's a basket of five currencies. Now, I think it's five big currencies. It's, uh, it's, got, the, it's got the US dollar in there. It's got the Chinese yuan in there. Uh, I think it has the euro, the pound, maybe the Japanese yen. I, I don't know. I'm just guessing. But I know the U.S. dollar is there for sure. Um, it's got these big currencies, I, I suppose. And so basically it wants to give its, uh, its members uh, around $650 billion uh, because apparently right now we're in, we're in an economic crisis. Now, we just added nearly a million jobs. <laughs> so I don't know why we need more liquidity. I don't know why we need more money in our system when we're just adding you know, a lot more jobs than uh, we expected. 300,000, that's, I mean, that's a big, that's a big jump. But I think what this is going to do is, uh, and, and here's the thing. So the IMF, you know, apparently it, it, it's, it was there to kind of provide these countries, and especially these uh, lower income countries with money. Now, what was happening is all this money, I think around 90 percent of it or or more is going to advanced or developed countries and so what you're getting here is basically none of the money is going into the small countries who are just destroying their currencies and who need well they need sdrs uh, because adding sdrs does not hurt them it just helps them i guess and so all the money is going into the big guys. And so Janet Yellen now calls around 20 countries and tells them to channel their excess uh, special drawing rights currencies uh, to the lower income countries. Now, what does this even mean? I don't know what channeling means. Uh, is it, is it just lending? Is it donating money? It, 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 you know, channeling, it's hard to understand what that means. And of course, politicians, U.S. Treasury secretaries, a lot of the time, and of course, former Fed chair woman, these guys are not supposed to understand a word that they're saying. The, the less you understand them, the the the, the better they are doing their job. And so if this is a loan, um, you might wanna expect some defaults. Now, I don't know if they're just gonna upright default because I'm pretty sure the SDRs, uh, you know, you can't just print them up. Now, I don't know how the IMF can, I, I guess for the IMF to get more SDRs, uh, they'll need to, uh, they'll need other countries to invest their currencies into the IMF. I, I suppose it works something like that, like, and I could be wrong, 
But uh, the countries who are receiving IMF, IMF currencies, SDRs, uh, I think they could use it to, to maybe trade it with some other country um, and try to use it as a currency. But you can't print those things like you could uh, Zimbabwe dollars. And so if we're going to loan, let's say, 10 billion uh, SDRs, and I don't know how much an SDR is worth, um, but let's say you were to loan 10 billion US dollars worth of SDRs to Zimbabwe, and these guys are like, oh, no, we can't print them. Well, what are they going to do? And, and you're probably going to get a lot of defaults, especially when um, the economies, uh, well, the financial and the real economies start to come crumble again. And uh, we're in a recovery right now, but how long are we going to, to go without the, the, I guess you could say the, the bubbly economy collapsing? And it's hard to say, but it doesn't seem like, you know, it, it seems quite near. And, and now we have a lot of people pointing out uh, inflation fears. And I, I think for a lot of countries, that's very reasonable uh, because of how much debt they have. And so if you're going to lend them SDRs, <laughs> there's just going to be more indebted to you. And, and their, their economy in the future is going to be even worse. And it's going to be even in, it's going to be in an even worse shape. And it's going to be more difficult for these countries to, to you know, pay back their debts. If, if they can't do it now and you decide to loan them more money, well, don't expect them to do it in the future because that, you know, you're pouring gasoline on fire that way. But if you're going to, you know, if, if Janet Yellen wants uh, the group of these 20 countries to basically give their money to the uh, lower income countries, well, that doesn't make any sense because right now, apparently, Apparently, what's happening is, you know, the U.S., we, you know, we, we need to run all these large fiscal deficits. And, I mean, are you just going to give money away when you're running these fiscal deficits? It doesn't make any sense. You know, that's like somebody who's insolvent and basically they are making charitable donations with their credit cards. And if you think about it that way, if, if, you wanna, if you want to, you know, donate money using your credit card and then just uh, declare bankruptcy, and, and maybe it's not a week from now, maybe it's a month from now, maybe it's a year from now, maybe it's 10 years from now, but, you know, why would you, why would you want to, you know, donate money that you can't, that you don't even have? Because you're, you're not even donating your own money. And while you'd be donating the, the taxpayers' money anyways, but when you're so indebted and when you are just printing up all this money, I guess, to stimulate the economy, 
when your economy is so weak that you can't raise interest rates or else everything's going to collapse, you shouldn't be donating money. It's a terrible timing to do this. And of course, with all these new tax uh, tax hikes, you know, people are going to be less profitable. Uh, these corporations are going to let, make less money. And, you know, you could expect them to pass down some of their costs, some of their expenses to their consumers. And taxes are an expense. And so this... All of this is just going to make the economy even weaker. And especially if, they, if they're going to give money away um, when they can't even afford it. And so I think that, oh yeah, uh, not mentioning, I forgot to mention the fact that in the $900 billion stimulus bill, uh, that Trump signed, there was so much random foreign aid programs. It, you know, there was donating uh, money to some type of women's rights movement in, in, in some Middle Eastern country. You know, we were donating, well, not we, but Americans were donating money to the Egyptian military or something crazy like that. And it doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with COVID, for, for one. Second of all, that $900 billion uh, bill that was passed, you know, I, I doubt because I, who would read the bill and, and just, you know, allow that to pass? So I assume somebody just snuck in those bill, those, uh, you know, those programs and uh, nobody cared to read it. So uh, I, I guess, you know, you're just flushing more money into uh, foreign countries uh, when you can't even afford to. So all of this uh, is basically a tax on people. It's basically uh, forced charity. And uh, there's really no way to avoid it as a country. Now, you could probably avoid it as an individual. And to some extent, some people could profit off of it. But as a nation, I mean, you're not going to be able to avoid paying the money. And what's funny is sometimes the US uh, donates money to countries that it owes money to. Like, you, you know, it, it's going to uh, so some country would buy up, you know, a ton of U.S. treasuries, and then the, the, the you know the United States starts donating money to that country, which I find to be really funny, uh, because I mean, if you know if if someone's loaning you money and you use their money to donate to them, that means they have money. That means they have money, but they just want to invest it instead of, you know, spend it on whatever programs, which is just incredibly ironic. And so I want to end this podcast on that note.